Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Did you hear my interview with Virginia Gronley? She's a fellow John Maxwell coach, and I'll tell you, it was amazing. If you haven't, stop right now and listen to it, and then come back and listen to the nuggets that I took away from it. Powerful, powerful message. She talks about how to be confident. And she really didn't know where her low confidence came from. And she really started to think and she started to drill down questions I was asking her. And she realized that she was constantly comparing herself to others. And she had so much negative self-talk as a teenager. And, and she knew at that moment that it stemmed from the constant comparison. And she was doing that even into her 20s, the constant comparison looking at other people, wow, they're smarter than I am, they're prettier than I am, they're skinnier than I am, whatever, whatever it is, that constant comparison. And I asked her how to avoid that constant comparison. And she said to focus on what makes you special. Focus on what makes you special. And I 100% agree with that. And I want to take it to another level. Not only focus on what makes you special, but look at what constant comparison is, if it's healthy or unhealthy. Because I believe there's healthy comparison and I believe there's unhealthy comparison. First, I want to share with you unhealthy comparison. I believe unhealthy comparison is when you start to have negative feelings and thoughts of jealousy and envy towards that person. So how do you know if you have jealousy and envy? I tell you, one of the number one ways is if you gossip about them or you're looking to always to find fault in people. Usually, usually, and I know this is true for me, it stems from me being jealous or envy from constant comparison. Now, the healthy comparison is looking at someone and saying, wow, I would love to be able to do that. I used to watch speakers on stage years ago before I even even thought about being a speaker. And I would think in my head, wow, I wish I could do that. I wish I could motivate and inspire people just like them. That was a healthy comparison. I'll tell you the number one way to get rid of that constant comparison and build your self-esteem and build your confidence is to make those people your friends. Build them up. Go after them with a vengeance. In my book, Be Amazing, it's called Stock Visionaries. Yeah, Stock Visionaries. Go after those people that you want to be like and make them your friend. Build them up. There's every single person, I don't care, who they are, they need to be built up. We call it facing ceremonies and inspiration ceremonies in our companies. Who inspired you? Uh, who do you want to face? Who do you want to uh, share that really has done something well? That's the best way to publicly praise them. Make them your friend. 
It's amazing. Your confidence will skyrocket. The other side is to praise people that are struggling. Become a mentor or a coach to people that are struggling. If you're in school right now or if you are in a job right now and you're struggling with low self-confidence, I tell you, best way is to go after people that are struggling. There's always going to be someone that's struggling more than you. Maybe someone that struggles with low self-confidence and go after them and start to lift them up and praise them publicly. I love love notes. I love giving love notes to people to share with them uh, how much I appreciate them. I love really nice texts or private messages on social media. That's just such a great way to build people up. So those are two ways that you can build your confidence. The next way that Virginia talked about was to develop a habit of getting rid of negative self-talk. I don't know about you, but there was years that I would just look in the mirror and notice every single little flaw in myself. I had a best friend growing up, and still to this day, she's in her 50s like I am, and still all I hear is negative self-talk come from her. And I tell you, it's just a habit. It's just a bad habit. That's all it is. And I'll tell you, I love this little video. You may have seen it before. It's a little five-year-old. She gets in front of the mirror. She's standing on top of the bathroom counter and she's looking in the mirror and she's just noticing everything she loves about her life and about her. And she's saying how much she loves her brother and she loves her house and she loves her hair and she loves her haircut. And she just noticed everything that she loved. And why can't we be like that little five-year-old girl every single day? And instead of looking at every floss, once in a while, look in the mirror and say, wow, I have a lot of wrinkles, right? And so instead of saying that, wow, those are beautiful wrinkles. I am beautiful. I have this habit in my salons uh, with my staff that every time they do my hair, I'll always say, wow, I had no idea that I was that good looking after they do my hair, of course. And uh, do I believe it? Not really. But when I say it, I start to believe it. And I'll tell you, there's so much power in words. Develop a habit of getting rid of that negative self-talk and start to develop your own I am positive statements, right? And then Virginia talked about how to build confidence is to find out what makes you special. So, And I asked her, I said, what... What do you do to find out what makes you special? And she said to discover what gives you the most passion and what gives you the most joy. And really, the only way to do that is you've got to get out of your comfort zone and try new things on. And I'll tell you, one of the number one ways that I do that is just have a just say yes policy. Someone asks you to do something, just say yes. And find your wings on the way down. I'll tell you, you may be like, I don't want to say yes to this. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've been asked to speak at different events. And I'm scared to even say yes. I want to have this incredible excuse, right? This incredible excuse. I'm trying to come up with every excuse in the book. But then I say yes. And I feel so good about it. And I'll tell you, when you try on these new things, you will transform and evolve. So find out what kind of feedback you get from people of what you're good at. I remember when Wynn Claybaugh, dean of Paul Mitchell Schools, and he said, 
uh, that we as Paul Mitchell school owners needed to become motivational speakers and inspirational speakers. And I'll tell you, if you're a boss out there, a supervisor, or wanting to be a leader, become a motivational speaker because I'll tell you, people will resonate with you and they will feel more comfortable and safe around you as their leader if you're a motivational, inspirational speaker. And so I believe that everybody needs to be a motivational speaker. And I also believe now that everyone needs to be an author. I remember when I did finally say yes to what Wynn Claybo was asking us to do. And I became a motivational speaker. And and, uh, this so many people would come up to me afterwards and say, is this in a book? Is this material in a book? And no, I'm not an author. And and literally took me four years to get fight through that low self-confidence to get that book out, uh, Be Amazing. And and I'll tell you, it has really inspired and changed a lot of lives. Get, get that book. Get my book, Be Amazing. And I'll tell you, you will learn some incredible transformational nuggets that I applied to my life that helped take me to the next level and to give me more confidence. The next way to build that confidence is to not be a quitter. I believe people that quit have low self-confidence. You know, Virginia, she quit high school and uh, for a couple of years, she did finally go back and she finished after borrowing the belief that her uncle had in her. And, and I'll tell you, it's interesting because she thought it was her being defiant, a way of acting out. And when we really drilled down, she discovered that her parents were getting divorced. And so she thought she would quit school because she thought that her parents would get back together. And it's it's crazy the way our minds go. And and I think about quiet resistors in my life. And, you know, if you could go back to your 16 or 17-year-old self, I highly recommend it to drill down and see if you've built out some habits in your life based on some negativity that's happened in your life. And it's interesting because I asked her if she felt like that really affected her. And she said it did. It affected her you know, far into her life and into her career of being that quiet resistor. And and more important, it it affected her so much, it lowered her self-confidence and she didn't speak up as much as she should. And and I'm going to share with you some tidbits that I received from that. You know, you know how you know that you're a quiet resistor. So if you're in school right now or you're working somewhere One of the biggest ways you know that you're a resistor is because A, you don't speak up and share your thoughts. Uh, B, instead, you share your thoughts in the back room via gossip and thinking it's like I'm just bouncing ideas if ever other people are thinking like I am. And I'll tell you, that is devastating to your self-esteem. The best way is just go right to the source and share your thoughts. And trust me, you will build your confidence so big, so fast. And in the process, you'll end up being promoted and taken to another level financially. So there you go. Don't be a quitter. So I asked Virginia, I said, so when should you quit? Because I know there's times in our lives that we should quit something. 
And, uh, and I said, and when should you not quit? And she said, never quit if you're doing something to invest in yourself to make your life better. I tell you, I have four Paul Mitchell schools and the number is so high. It's 30 to 35% of our students actually drop from the program. I couldn't even imagine what programs are like across the country and universities, colleges, um, investment programs that people make in themselves that quit, right? So don't quit if you're doing something to make your life better. Look at the big picture if you do complete it. Look at the big picture what will happen if you don't. Finish what you start, especially if you're investing in yourself. So how do you do that? How do you finish something? Well, I'll tell you first and foremost is you've got to get a coach. You've got to get a mentor. You've got to get around the right people. Get around people that aren't quitters. Get around happy people, joyful people, so that you can tag alongside them and receive that joy and excitement from them. I tell you, I always hang around the most enthusiastic people. I always hang around the most positive and optimistic people because it makes me more optimistic. It makes me more positive. Don't quit if it's too hard. Don't quit if it's too hard. Do you have a PhD in excuses? Do you have a PhD in excuses? I tell you, it's it's amazing. Win Claybaugh, the dean of Paul Mitchell Schools, he wrote a book called Be Nice or Else. And in it, it says, if you're good at coming up ex- with excuses, you'll never be good at anything else. If you're good at coming up with excuses, you'll never be good at anything else. And I'll tell you, excuses will make your confidence plummet. Excuses will make your confidence plummet. So stop making excuses. Get off the excuse bus. So how do I differentiate if I'm quitting because it's too hard? Well, uh, Virginia suggested to make a list why you're quitting. But be honest and check them off. Is it a valid reason or are they excuses? Is it a valid reason or is it an excuse? And I want to take it to another level. I want you to find a coach, somebody that speaks truth in you, not somebody that always goes along with you, somebody that speaks truth in you, someone that won't allow you to come up with excuses. Make sure they're valid reasons. So to build your self-confidence, stop quitting. Stop quitting. Another way. To be more confident. Make a dream board. Make a dream board. Virginia, she lost her job after 20 years. She was shocked to the core. Anger, grief, denial, depression. She finally got up one morning and said, I'm going to focus on what I can change. I will focus on what I can change. So she wrote out her goals and she made a new resume and she started putting them out. She put them out. She gets this incredible job, this incredible opportunity that would have never been there if one door hadn't shut. She ends up in this new job coaching this gentleman who is a big time resistor. Everyone around her was saying, wow, you're really good at that. How do you find out 
what you're good at. Listen to the people, what they say about you, what you're good at. Listen to them. Ask people. One of the the mottos that we have in our salon teams is to always ask, how am I doing and how could I do better? So allow people to speak into your life. When you first take a job, one of the best pieces of advice I can give you, the very first 90 days, every single day, ask a different person in that company and just ask them, say, how am I doing and how could I do better? Write it down. Write it down. Borrow the belief that they speak into your life, the positivity, and be coachable on the negative information that they give you. You know, it's interesting. She went uh, to one of her bosses in her new jobs, and uh, he told her that she needed to be more confident. (laughs) He believed in her. He said to her, Virginia, you are a stealth fighter. That stuck with her for years. She borrowed that belief. So how do you build confidence? Borrow people's belief in you. She didn't think she mattered. She didn't think people paid attention. And they were. They were paying. I guess what? Your boss is paying attention whether he's saying anything to you or not. He's paying attention. You know, probably one of my biggest regrets in business is not being able to speak to every single staff member that I have every single day, not being able to witness all of the incredible things that they are doing. I wish I could be a fly on the wall. I wish I could give each one of them more attention. But I'll tell you what you can do in employment is you can go to your bosses and just say, how am I doing and how could I do better? That way you could see if they're noticing, just speak up. How do you build confidence? Speak up. Get that 20 seconds of courage, I like to say, and just speak up. Stay focused, moving forward. This is a message just not just for all of you employees out there, staff members, team members, but employers as well. I want I want to talk to employers right now. I want to talk to you if you're a leader, a business owner, a boss, right? Think about who are those employees that you haven't been paying attention to. One of the greatest books out there is called The Five Love Languages in the Workplace. Do you know if you're truly appreciating your employees the way they want to be appreciated? Are you appreciating them at all? Get creative. I tell you, I have not graduated from this. I still have a lot of work to do. I want to get creative on ways that I can love my team. I want to get creative. I almost need to hire somebody just to help me to become creative with this because I love my staff so much, but I want to love them the way that they want to be loved. Number one, speak up. (laughs) I said this, share your heart with your boss. Speak up, lead your leader. Lead your leader. There's a great book by John C. Maxwell, 360 Degree Leader. Everyone should read it. It teaches you how to, first of all, lead yourself, how to invest in yourself because the highest form of leadership is leading ourselves. It teaches you how to lead your peers. It teaches you how to lead your boss. 
every single person needs to listen to this because as a boss of 20 years, I wish more people would have done that. And I'll tell you, one of the few people that have is now the executive director over all of my companies. And I'll never forget because every Friday he would make an appointment with me for five minutes and just ask me how he was doing and what he could do that was better. And he would actually clarify things with me and he would actually come with a pen and a notepad and write things down. I knew he was in it. I knew he was in it for the long haul and I would invest as much time as he wanted me to spend with him. Just get that 20 seconds of courage. I'll tell you, that will build your confidence. So amazing. Bosses, stop ignoring your staff. Build a system of recognition. What kind of system of recognition could you build? Five Love Languages in the Workplace. Great book. Pick it up Get by Gary Chapman. What can you do to truly help your team, not just professionally, but personally? Spend the extra time with them. I coach salon owners all over the country, and very, very few of them actually spend time with their staff to help grow them. I call it one-on-ones. And I tell them, listen, don't focus on their numbers of what they're bringing in. Focus on them. Focus on them, not just how they want to grow professionally, but personally as well. Focus on all those other areas to make them what I like to call holy people, W-H-O-L-L-Y, all areas of their life. And all of a sudden, the numbers just come in. It has to be people before profit. So let me ask you this. She started to talk about, um, do you feel like you're being stabbed in the back? Is any of it true? (laughs) Okay. If you're being stabbed in the back, maybe someone's talking about you. Maybe the boss is talking about you. Uh, Maybe the boss pulled you in and wrote you up. Maybe your boss pulled you in and had a coaching with you. And you're thinking, no, um, this isn't true. Um, And you get angry and you get mad. And really check your motives. Check yourself and start to think, is any of it true? If you're thinking, no, it's not true, then just go in and explain to your boss why you think it might not be true and let them be more clear. Keep asking them questions. You got to remember your boss is a human being too. They're not God. Stop treating your boss like they're God and start to speak to them like they're a human being and show them how to lead you best. Show them how to lead you best. If it's a safety issue, that's completely different, right? If it's a safety issue, uh, quit, get out now, right? But I'm telling you, if you could do this, you will grow so fast in your company because the boss is going to know that they can trust you. One of the biggest challenges that I see in my companies is really looking to see who I can trust. And, And I know who I can trust. It's those people that come to me and tell me when I suck because I know if they're telling me to my face that I suck, that they're not in the back room and gossiping about me. So that's one of the greatest ways that you can build your self-confidence. I hope you enjoyed the nuggets that I took from Virginia Gronley's interview. Go back and listen to it. It's absolutely amazing. 
Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.